Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Table Talk, discussions of church, theology, and culture. My name is Luke. I'm the family and ministry coordinator here at CBC Ilderton. With me, as always, is our lead pastor, Andrew Hall. This week, we are going to begin a new series of podcasts. We are calling this series Growing with the Church. Uh, Many of you who are listening have probably noticed over the last month or two that we've been doing Table Talk that things have definitely skewed on on the more theological end. We're uh, we're two seminary students sitting around this this table and we, we enjoy talking the, the deep things of theology. And for sure, that's what a lot of our podcast has been. But we do also want to have a, a bit of a balance of what we talk about. And this series, Growing with the Church, is going to be a little more practical, a little more boots on the ground in, in the daily life of the, the church. What, what does our life look like as Christians? And specifically, how do we live in community together? Uh, Andrew, this sermon series was an idea that you had come up with. So why don't, uh, as we begin, why don't you just tell the listeners sort of where your mind's been and how this came to you as an idea? Well, one thing, Luke, when we when we think about the Christian life, we often think about it as individuals. And yes. automatically, we assume that the Christian life and Christian growth is primarily about um, the things that I need to do, my quiet time, mm-hmm. and I don't want to negate the importance of personal devotion to the Lord. Uh, at the same time, we God has never intended us to to grow in isolation. No, um, I remember a, a gentleman uh, from from previous years gone by. Uh, he would say, I-, "I am the best Christian when I'm alone in my vehicle." <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I have no problem being a Christian when I'm alone and not interacting with other people. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that Christianity is not an isolated experience. It is a lived out reality. Very much. Um, Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he he wrote a book called Life Together. And, And I think that the idea of spiritual disciplines... Uh, it's often forgotten that they're intended to be lived out in community, yes. in relationship with the church. And so I wanted to think more along the lines of how is it that in an individualistic age that we we grow spiritually together with the people of God that God has placed in our lives? Absolutely. Uh, without a doubt, we we live, as you say, in a very individualistic age. And the, the church, I would say, in large measure has sort of unintentionally absorbed that in Mm -hmm. today's age. I don't know if there's probably a single person listening who hasn't probably grown up with an emphasis on individual discipline. As you say, it's, it's all about, am I doing good enough? Am I reading my Bible enough? Am I praying enough? Am I, am I doing this or that enough? Are, are my affections strong enough? There's, there's this heavy emphasis on, looking inside of myself and living my own life individually. There, there are many people who may feel that when I sit down in the morning with my cup of coffee and read my Bible, that's where the real meat of the Christian life is happening. But that same person may not see the value of being there on a Sunday morning for the Sunday gathering. And I, I think this reflects a real misunderstanding of, mm-hmm. of what scripture teaches about how we are meant to live. Because really none of these things that we think of as disciplines are meant to be lived in isolation That's right. from the community. And we're going to have lots to say about that moving forward. 
with these episodes. In this first episode, you all have read the title by now. We're talking about growing in the word. This is, I think, one of the easiest places to, to note where maybe we've gone too individualistic in our thinking and it's a great place for us to start as we think about how do we grow in the church. And so just the starting off with the basic questions as we always do, why should we make the Bible a priority in our daily lives? I think for anybody who's grown up in an evangelical context, they know reading the Bible, praying every day. These are the things that uh, Sunday school, we sing the song, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. I've heard them called the evangelical sacraments yes, once or twice. Yes, probably. And it's understandable that uh, God's word, it is God speaking. We want, we want to grow. There's no growth in the Christian life apart from uh, the knowledge and the revelation of who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to understand who He is. Uh, we, I think, I think in terms of growing and making the Bible a priority, um, the more we know God, the more we will know ourselves, mm-hmm. and the more that God reveals who He is to us, the more we understand ourselves, which in turn will mean that we more we will mo- know more of God. Mm-hmm. And so there's this. Uh, that's that's John Calvin in the Institutes how yes. he starts it off and and so we need we need God's words so that we would know ourselves better and we would know God better and it's just a cycle that continues throughout our lives of knowing Him better, knowing ourselves better and as we do that we'll actually discover others better and it enables us to live a life that is fruitful and good. Absolutely, it is a, an immense joy and privilege that we have to have Scripture in our hands the way that we have it for so many thousands of years, God's people didn't enjoy his word and his revelation in a book that they could hold in their hands for, for a majority of, of history. God's people would, would have been lucky to read God's word ever. The only place they would have been able to hear it would have been in a gathered context with it being read. And so we, we are so incredibly blessed to have scripture and it is so good for us to, to read it as, as much as we can. Although as we're thinking about doing this Bible reading sort of in a, in a church context, in a community context, it, it's something that is often, I think, done maybe with uh, some motivations that are misguided. We, we don't read the Bible to prove to God that we are, in some ways, like committed to him mm-hmm. or that we are trying, trying to earn anything. As, as we're talking about reading the, the Bible, it is something that we want to have a priority in our lives, but, but not because we're fighting to gain favor with the Lord, but because we have that favor, because the gospel has saved us, it's something that gives us life. It's nourishment and sustenance for us. It's something that we do because we delight in doing it, not because we feel like we have to as some discipline of drudgery that we mm-hmm. we wake up bleary-eyed to do because we feel like we have to. That's uh, And that's a good point, Luke, because uh, if if I were to receive a letter from someone who cared about me and loved me, I wouldn't read it out of a sense of drudgery or duty. Mm-hmm. I would I would want to read it with a sense of they've got something to say to me and I've I've missed them. And maybe in an electronic age we don't appreciate mm-hmm. uh, the nature of getting that kind of communication but sure. but obviously when we we receive something from someone who cares about us a text message, an email, a letter, we want to spend time to read it. We we're eager to know what they're saying. And in a similar sense, we we want to do that with the Lord. So, so 
I think it's important for us to think about the scriptures rightly that it is it is a, a communication from God to reveal himself to us mm-hmm. so that we would know him and love him. Absolutely. And so we do uh, with the right motivations and rooted in God's love and care for us, we do want to make the Bible a priority in our lives. We do want to, to know it and to love it and to, to have it quick to our hearts and quick to our minds and quick on our lips. And so what are some ways, Andrew, that we can make the Bible a priority in our daily lives? Well, certainly when we think about uh, the Bible, uh, it's it's so obvious to us that what we need to be doing is we need to be reading the scriptures, uh, having personal daily devotions. But when, when we're thinking about growing with other people, I think a, a danger that we can have is that we we live in an age where we can curate our own podcasts. We can listen to the kinds of sermons that we want to listen to. Mm-hmm. And yet... Uh, if we're going to grow with the people who are around us, it's really important that we learn how to read the Bible with others. Mm-hmm. And that includes uh, engaging maybe uh, with other people uh, with regards to a Sunday morning sermon in a life group context, reading the Bible with another person. This is something that's happened outside of North America more so, yeah. uh, reading the Bible in a one-on-one context with another person. And it's uh it's profoundly helpful because suddenly my biases are exposed. Suddenly the questions maybe that you have that I haven't been thinking about, I am, I'm having to wrestle with those. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even when I'm preparing a sermon, I'm not preparing a sermon in isolation, sitting in my, in my study without any conversation. There's, there's church history that's informing me. There's the visits with congregants that's informing me. There's commentaries that are informing me. I'm thinking about all of these things because as I'm reading the Bible, I'm not reading it in isolation. I'm reading it in the context of community. And the more that we read the Bible in the context of community, in terms of with church history, listening to sermons and discussing those with others, reading the Bible with another person and having conversations, God suddenly begins to expose things in our lives in a different way than just when we're sitting alone in our quiet time. I'm not negating the importance. We need our personal devotion with the Lord but I'm, I'm suggesting that uh, I think for many people, they've got this idea that that to be a good Christian, I need to have a quiet time and it needs to look like this. I need to yep. get up in the early in the morning. I need to read my Bible. I need to pray a certain amount of time. But there is a type of spiritual devotion that includes others in mm-hmm. terms of our reading of scripture. And that can be tremendously helpful. Yeah, we all like to think, we all would hope that when we come to the Bible, we are taking it as as it is. We're seeing what it says and we're just believing what it says. And none of us think that we're approaching the Bible with a, with a framework or with biases or with certain certain understandings of the world that, that not everybody has. And if we isolate ourselves while we interpret scripture, inevitably we're going to be influenced by those things in an unhelpful way. Everybody thinks that they're unbiased, but everybody approaches scriptures with certain biases. I've, I've, I've heard it said and I've heard it warned. And I, th- I think this is a helpful warning that if you're just sitting alone, reading your Bible by yourself, that can actually be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're doing that divorced from community, it's important in the life of the church to, to have a, a pastor who faithfully shows how to read and how to interpret scripture and 
then his congregation can go and read the Bible in that same way. You can, you can get other people's thoughts and other people's opinions. And when, when we get into our own little bubble with just ourselves, things, that, that's when things can go really wrong. And that, that's when you can get some, some interpretations of scripture that are, that are unhelpful and sometimes even dangerous. That's right. So I think this makes it all the more important that when we're reading the Bible, we're, we're remembering, we're submitting ourselves to God. We're going to pray. We're going to prioritize his word, uh, most certainly. We're going to figure out a place where we can read the scriptures. Uh, and and often uh, we, we need to make a plan. How am I going to read the Bible with others? Whether it's in the context of a life group, whether it's in the context of uh, one-on-one, um, I think it's important I had a friend who, what he would do is every week, he he had a group of guys from his work and they would meet at lunchtime and they would just go through the gospel of John once a week. Mm-hmm. They'd go through a little section. They'd talk about, they'd have read the passage beforehand. They wouldn't read commentaries, but they would come and they would have a conversation about it. It was interesting because over time, there were even unbelievers who got engaged in this mm-hmm. and, and it allowed for... Um, these these Christians to hear the questions of unbelievers and to see how how, how maybe there were things that they were missing in terms of their reading of scripture. Mm. And so it it becomes this profound experience that that God begins to um he he works by his spirit not only in the context of his word, but also by his word through the community of faith. Mm -hmm. And as we have the community of faith, we discover the beauty and the glory of scripture in ways that maybe just reading it on my own wouldn't be as, uh, as illuminating to me. And, and I need help. I, here I am. I I've, I've had seven years of, of theological training. I, been a pastor for over 20 years. I desperately need other people. No one is above needing community oh, for sure. No, I, there's blind spots that I have. And as I'm engaging with, with whether it's commentaries, other pastors, I have uh, friends who teach uh, the scriptures in an mm-hmm. academic setting, other Christians, um, even, even I was thinking of our men's leadership training group that we've got on Tuesday nights. One of the guys was making comments and, and I was just... He made a comment about um, about Genesis chapter one, and it just was like I've never seen that before. Mm. And suddenly there were things that were opening up to me, and and I was so grateful uh, for for the context of brothers, sisters in the Lord who have been studying the scriptures faithfully, who are engaging me, and I'm engaging them. Yeah, absolutely. Now for for those who are a part of our church, uh, we know that we have those listening from from other places who aren't a part of our church, but for for those who are, which I think is many of our listeners, uh, what what opportunities exist in in the church right now uh, as, as we talk about prioritizing and finding ways to to engage with scripture in the community of faith, what are some of the ways that we we give that opportunity to our people here at CBC Elderton? Yeah, so there's two things that I want to speak to. One is formal, formal ways that we do that, and there are informal ways. Yeah. Uh, in the formal ways that we do that, uh, we we have. I think first, gathering together on Sunday mornings is one of the most fantastic ways to grow together with the saints. Absolutely. And the reason for that is when 
when you have a church that desires to preach the word of God, verse by verse, go through the scriptures, um, what you find is that your heart is knitted together with the other believers who are hearing that message as well. And, and that's why you, you can try to be a Christian on your own, but when you're disconnected from the community of faith, when you're disconnected from the local church, what it does is it keeps you in isolation from growing together mm -hmm. with the saints. And there's a beauty and a synergy of growing together with others, loving others, and, and you're loving similar things. Yeah. And then you're having conversations in a context that spur you on. Also, small groups, Bible studies are a fantastic way, yeah. whether it's men's ministry, women's ministry, our life groups that meet, uh, youth ministry. We've got all sorts of avenues for people to formally discuss and think about the scriptures. On top of that, then, not just the formal ways, but then there's the informal ways. I would say that that some of the the greatest benefits to me personally uh, in, in reading scripture have been in conversations with other believers. There was, in, in seminary, I had a friend. Every Saturday morning, we got together bright and early. We'd go to the coffee shop and and we would we would sit and we would talk about um, some scripture together and it was one of the most um, encouraging times in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a, a friendship that really got forged through that season, and it's a friendship now. Fifteen years later, it's still a weekly thing that we get together. We talk about we talk about the Lord, we talk about ministry, we talk about the scriptures, and and I think that that there's a mutual benefit. I didn't come to it as, hey, I'm the teacher and you're the student, but rather we're going to grow together. No. And the beauty of that has been um, when I came to Elderton, uh, one, there was one guy who he was just eager to grow. And, and so he and I would meet on Saturday mornings and we met and we just walked through the pastoral epistles and, and by the grace of God, I saw tremendous spiritual growth in him. Just as we talked about the scriptures, he was hungry. And so I would say, if, if, you're, if you're in that spot where you're wanting to grow, I would, I would encourage you, find another Christian who, who is interested in the scriptures and just say, hey, do you want to get together? Yeah. Maybe once a week, every other week. Could we just have a coffee? It doesn't have to be long. It can be 20, 30 minutes and amazing conversations can happen as you open up God's word, as you've read it together, as you pray about it. And I think that you'll find that your heart is knit together with another believer in a profound and beautiful way. Yes, for sure. With our last couple of minutes here, we want to recommend some resources. Mm -hmm. So for, for those who, who want to think more on what we've been talking about for, for those who would, would like to do some reading or listening or whatever it may be. Andrew, what are a few resources that you might recommend for us as we, we want to think about engaging in God's word, especially in the context of community? The Probably the one resource that I want to recommend to people is a book by David Helm. He's been a pastor in the Chicago area and it's called One-to-One uh, -one Bible Reading. Mm. Um, and, and what David Helm really is suggesting is, um, is that when you get together, if, if you're reading the Bible in conversation with someone else, you're going to find that there's great growth. Uh, he's, he's got um, David Helm, H-E-L-M. He's got, uh, he's got 
this idea of how to read with somebody else mm. so that you can grow in conversation with someone else and you can grow together in the scriptures. Uh, above all else, if, if there's any place to go, that's the one recommended resource I would have. Um, there's lots of tools out there in terms of how you can personally read the Bible. Yes. But how can you read the Bible with someone else? Um, in terms of how to read, uh, how, how to gain the most out of the scriptures um, on a on a Sunday, for example, uh, Donald Whitney. He he is one of our professors at mm-hmm. Southern. Um, he he has a book that's called uh, Spiritual Disciplines, but it's not spiritual disciplines for the Christian life because that's for the individual. Yeah. But he has a book called Spiritual Disciplines within the Church, mm. and in that there's a, a chapter that he does have that speaks to how we can engage the Word of God together with others. One of the other things that we had talked about is that even when we're reading our Bibles individually, it helps to to be in conversation with others, even if if not verbally person to person with church history and with with other commentators and things like that. So we've we've talked a number of times over the last few years on Table Talk about scripture in various ways. And anybody who has been following those will kind of roll their eyes as they hear me say this again, because I've probably said this three times by now at least. But uh, I really, I don't think you can underestimate the value of a good study Bible. That's not, right. not, not all of us have bookshelves full of commentaries that we can make use of, although some of us around this table do. And for, <laughs> for those of you listening who might know that person, I'm sure he's willing to lend out a few from time to time. But I, I've been amazed reading through, uh, particularly I like the, the ESV study Bible. Mm-hmm. As a seminary student, I'm always amazed reading through it to see that, oh, this is all the stuff I learned in my seminary classes. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder, why did I take those intro classes? Because these study Bibles are so good. The, anybody reading it is learning the same things that we would have learned in our intro to Old Testament and intro to New Testament. Very, very good study Bible. And for, for those who, who want just some, some outside commentary for, from some good trusted sources, you, you really, really can't, can't underestimate the value of a good study Bible, in my opinion. And if you're looking for an, an ESV study Bible, we have uh, several copies in the office yes. that we'd be glad to sell to you at uh, cost, at uh, very good prices that we've picked them up for. Uh, absolutely. So this is our first episode of, of many. This will be a long series on growing in the church, talking about the word. We hope this has been an encouragement to you listening. I think it's certainly been an encouragement to us and we will look forward next week to, uh, to think a little bit more about prayer, growing in prayer, not just individually, but as a community. Till then, have a wonderful week and we will talk with you next week.